Hey there and welcome to Why Does It Matter? Season 2, exploring why evangelism matters. Some of the reasons why we don't do it, uh, some of the things that we can learn about how people come to faith and different ways of sharing our faith story in Jesus Christ. We have the greatest news to tell, don't we? Jesus is alive. Um, And so I'm joined by Aaron Waters today. My name's Lee Jennings and today we are thinking about direct evangelism, speaking the words of the good news of Jesus. Lawrence Singlehurst wrote a really good uh, little uh, Grove booklet on evangelism um, uh, and it, it, he, he talks in it about um, the need to first appreciate bad news before the good news. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we tell the good news to people and people don't really realise it's bad news. I'm sorry, I'm so childish. I just think of Inside Out, the film, because <laughs> it had to have sadness to be able to have joy. We often use the words mission and evangelism interchangeably, uh, but if we were to define them slightly differently, mission is probably about actions followed by words, and evangelism is about words. Evangel means good news, and there's something about evangelism which suggests the using of of words, the proclamation, the preaching of the word. Uh, And in, uh, in the New Testament, Paul writes to Timothy, and he says to Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. He lists the different things of ministry and the importance of being focused on good doctrine and all that kind of things. But then he says, do the work of an evangelist. And that suggests something is important in the, in the proclamation, the speaking out of the gospel. And we've been talking about how there's different gifts that we have and we all have a part to play. Um, and we've said before in season one, actually, that uh, you are you're gifted as an evangelist. If we looked at that list of things in Ephesians uh, chapter four, you're an evangelist. It's what you're great at. Uh, I'm not. So I'm someone that struggles with that. Um, so this really is is your territory. Um, how would you define that, that difference between mission and evangelism that we've taught? And how would you um, maybe... Could, maybe today, could you put together for us a framework, maybe from the Bible, uh, around how we go about direct evangelism? There's a perfect example for us in the Bible to be able to understand how we can do these things. So I'd look, uh, I would challenge um, everyone who's listening to to go and read John chapter four, and and we see this um, story of of the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, um, getting collecting some water at, at Jacob's well. Uh, it was a, a well formed by Jacob, and um, and Jesus uh, approaches her. Uh, what's really interesting is this is the first time, the only time that Jesus approaches somebody himself. The other times people come to him um, and ask for things and, and he's able to give them the, the gospel message. But this is the first time that he is going um, to, to somebody uh, directly and, and talking to them. And it's really cool because this is without the disciples as well. So we see this one-on-one with Jesus and this woman. Uh, the disciples come on later. Um, and he just asks for water. He says, can you pour me uh, a drink? And we have this idea of something that's natural, something that we can associate with people, um, something that is, is is common ground for both Jesus and the Samaritan woman. So when you say natural, you're not talking about natural because the water is natural. We're not talking about nature. What you're talking about here is there's, there's a connection point that, that, that between you and the person you're talking to, there is something in common. It's the fact that you're both 
wearing a particular football shirt or you both sit next to each other in an office workplace or you both have kids in the same class in school there's something that you know there's a natural connection point that means the two of you can have a conversation about something yeah yeah it could be anything i mean it goes back to what we were saying about prayer with the those things that are true for ourselves those true things for the whole world and and we have you know, that post-truth kind of culture and and same goes here is is what is true for everyone else so looking at the natural things that everyone believes yeah, everyone what, sees what connects us the old british thing of talking about the weather if there's yeah nothing else that to is talk the per- about. <laughs> yeah that's perfect yeah everyone loves talking about the the weather it could be about football could about you know any kind of sport um it could be uh, about the the local news mm-hmm. um i actually love the local news um idea because there's always like a moral issue there so you're able to bring it um uh, talk about some kind of moral issue and understand where where their moral lies yeah. and, and stuff like that um but we have this idea that jesus has got something natural and i love seeing that because it shows his compassion um, I think this is something we talked about that we we need to have as Christians to see this have this compassion, which the same heart of an individual to come with them, and to be able to have that willingness to talk to them. We're not treating people as projects or people that we need to see. We're only talking to because they need to go to heaven. We're seeing them as our friends because we love them and we do desire for them to come to heaven but they're not our projects they're our friends Mm. and hoping them to be our brothers and sisters in christ you know Mm. so there's this element of just being natural with them we don't have to force the gospel you know force feed the gospel to them straight away but actually be a friend to them and we've talked about being uh, living in our lives as christians in our workplace in our family life uh, within our friends it could take years to develop these kinds of relationships could take instantness I, I know some people you can get on with like a click you know it's it's really funny how are you just able to to connect with them so the first thing then is is about the natural connection then so it's there's in some way that we are connected it's we both like the same sports team the weather's a particular way to say there's something on the news that has affected us we're part of the same community whatever it may be there's some way that you know we are drawn together we're friends together by nature that we in some ways are connected we yeah. sit next to each other whatever it may be but then we have this change uh, of of turning from the natural to the spiritual which is really cool and and this is where people find it hard because they have to try and find connections and way in which how can i turn this conversation talking about toilet paper to talking about god do you know what i mean mm-hmm. or talking about football talking about uh, god and and we need to find this turn in which we turn this natural to the spiritual how jesus did that is he started talking about living water so what's funny is he asked for water and the the, the woman um said that you're a jew how can you ask me this stuff and then jesus started talking about living water and how it, it it's it's a water that um you will never thirst for again once you've had it and and then suddenly the woman said but how you haven't got any picture but hold on, wait, water that lasts forever? How does that work? So it's a bit of a hooker. Mm-hmm. This is kind of our hook. Um, if we want to think about it, you know, if we want to think about it um, logically. Okay. So, uh, so, so let's say it's a, so let's say it's a football conversation. Yeah. Then. So you might notice you're chatting with somebody about, you know, the football of the weekend. Uh, and that's the natural bit of the conversation. That's the natural connection. But then you might have noticed that someone who scored a goal kind of pointed to the sky afterwards and, you know, or lifted their T-shirt up and yeah. it said, you know, John 3.16 or something. Yeah. So then you can, your hook moment then is, oh, it was a great game, wasn't it? Blah, 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 blah. Did you notice when, when, that, when he scored, he was like pointing to the sky? Have you ever wondered what 
what he was doing. Yeah. So you've got your hook there to be able to shift the conversation from one gear to the next. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's a, a great way in which to to bring in um, that message of, of trying to understand where they're at trying to see where they believe because this is where we can then break down their worldview of understanding what they believe and and, and how to do that uh, so jesus does this brilliant thing of, of of talking about living water can i jump in there where, where you say break down we're not talking about kind of smashing someone you know kind of pulling to pieces what we're talking about here is <laughs> yeah. it's, it's breaking into pieces beginning to understand where somebody is so that we can be sharing the gospel in those places yeah 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 because we want we only want to share things that are relevant to them because there's things that they may not understand mm-hmm. they might be speaking to somebody really simple-minded who who would rather just sim- be simply told truth and, and and try and understand it and and, and show him love and compassion that we were talking about last week um, or there's some really intellectuals who want at least a little bit of of, of logic there behind yeah. what is being said. But this isn't about us kind of, you know, battering rams, no. smashing stuff down. This is about no. us breaking down, beginning to, you know, into bite-sized chunks to be able to understand, well, it, you know, in this particular aspect of their life, we can now begin to share. You know, we've had our connection, we've got our hook, we're, we're into the next gear. Yeah. And they've said... Oh, it's a load of rubbish that or oh yeah, I've always wondered why they do that. Or yeah. and at this point, yeah, we, we begin to go, right, how do I best now go into the next part of conversation? How do I take this conversation again up, up to the next gear? Well, now's the question comes uh, to mind is is we, we probably get onto the talks of of things that come to an end. So we're now looking at things that last forever. Uh the things that let us have eternal life and that eternal life is is mentioned by god with living water and we have this idea that um uh, when we're talking about um um uh, death we, we we have two options of of, of going to, to heaven or going to hell and we present that to people um but not in a way that that troubles them but just in a way that reveals something to them um, and we, I like to use the law, the Ten Commandments, because it's a helpful just list of, of rules that uh, if we all look at, it's like a mirror um, and we see how, how we sin. Paul said it in, um, I think it's Romans 7, 7, I know not that I sin if it were not for the law. Mm-hmm. So it's the law that brings us this recognition of our sin uh, and we're to do that. Um, there's this funny illustration. If I was to tell you that um, I could just approach to you and, and said that, I have paid a fine for you because uh, you were, uh, yeah, you've done something wrong and you've got um, this big, huge fine to pay. And I say, I've paid that fine for you. Um, you no longer have to pay it. Um, you just have to trust in me and have faith in me, um, kind of things that I'll do that. Now, your response is not going to be, thank you so much. Your response is, what do you mean? I've n- I- I'm not in the wrong. You know, why do I have to even pay a fine? And that's the same response as a Christian of any person. We're telling them that the gospel is full of love. Jesus died for you, and He rose again, and you can trust in Him and believe in Him. And they're like, "But why? Yeah. <laughs> why? Yeah. Why does He need to to die for me? That's great and all. Like, I can see that He's a lovely guy. But why did He die for me? I've done nothing wrong. Mm. And that's how we we all think before we come to Christ. How we we have not done anything wrong. And the Ten Commandments helps in as a mirror in the, the enlighten it and shows us um how we are sinful beings yeah um so we have uh jesus telling her that uh she commits uh, adultery and um, that she 
had many husbands and and this is uh and the guy who, who he she's living with at the moment is not her husband so he he knows her heart obviously we don't know people's heart as well as jesus does we can't accuse people not yeah. that we want to because we'll get a big slap in the face but <laughs> um it, it's just going through these laws um um, really gently with them, not to accuse them. You have them admit it. I always like doing the approach of, uh, have you ever told a lie before? Their, their answer is going to be uh, yes, because everyone tells white lies. So what do you call somebody who tells lies? Uh, a liar. So what are you? And they, a liar. And you go through with the different ten of uh, the different commandments, not all of them, just, just some of them, just to get them to realize that there is sin in them. And then they also realize that that's true of everyone else, actually, um, that even though um, everyone else does it, they are still in the wrong because these are the rules that God has given. And it, it gives them this uh, way of revealing that they are in the wrong. And that's that's um, humility. We talked about it last week of, of God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. Mm-hmm. Um, we come proud. We think that we know it all. We think we're good enough. And then this is the time of, of when the sin has been revealed to them, however long this process takes, um, we're able to give them grace. We're able to tell them the gospel. Um, Jesus said, it's me. I'm the Messiah. I'm the one who, who can give you this living water. Can I just jump in again there? So we've got yeah. our, our natural connection point. Um, so uh, you've got a story uh, about your life. About who you are they've yeah. got a story and your stories are connected yeah but actually your story is connected to god's story because you're in christ and so in this conversation what we're trying to do is help them to see that their life also has a story but their story is disconnected from god's story yeah and so what we're trying yeah. to do is help their story which is connected with your story to also become connected with god's story yeah okay so your next bit you said we then extend some grace you know, we're, we're introducing at that point what Jesus has done. Well, yeah, we've done the awful thing of telling them that they're hopeless and sinless. <laughs> and we've probably told them that they're going to go to hell. <laughs> yeah. Lawrence Singlehurst wrote a really good uh, little uh, Grove booklet on evangelism. Um, uh, and it, it, he, he talks in it about um, the need to first appreciate bad news before the good news. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. We, we tell the good news to people and people don't really realize it's bad I'm news. I'm sorry. I'm so childish. I just think of Inside Out, the film, because <laughs> it had to have sadness to be able to have joy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's the same thing. We need the bad go- the bad news yeah. to be able to appreciate uh, well, the good well, news. Well, absolutely. And it, I mean, even, and this fits into our individualistic worldview in some ways, is that if you were to talk to me about heaven, you know, we often talk about one of the things of you know, benefit of following Jesus is, is eternal life, a place in heaven. You know, have you ever thought about where you're going? And actually most people's perception of heaven is that most people go there. Hmm. Most people think about heaven as most people go there. Most people who are, most people are good people and therefore go there. And actually that, that so when we're talking about, you know, eternal life, we first need to help them understand that this isn't an automatic thing here. And so this is where at this point here, you've, you've given some bad news and now extend some grace. So we have this grace, which is uh, given by um, Jesus. And, and we need to give them a reason because they've just now believed that they're going to hell and, and they are sinful and they are hopeless. But now we can give them hope and, and we can give them that gospel message, which is so um, precious to do so. And, and 
that's another subject in itself. Uh, we don't need to go into that detail. But what one thing I would love to say is that now um, they come to a commitment. Uh, we see that this woman um, uh, went into her town and told people um, all of, of what she had, had been um, told. And there's this idea that she's... Um, whether that's it's probably not the case now because um of the way in which the timeline of, of jesus dying and rising again but we, we know this to be true now of um the, in, in john 14 it promises that the spirit is going to come upon us that we'll have the spirit when jesus is gone and um in two, 1 corinthians 2 10 it, it the spirit of god gives us an understanding of the scriptures and we get, begin to understand things more because we have this spirit mindset mm. rather than being a, a physical so we're able to understand things a lot better and tell people about it and and it's so amazing to see that um response that she just went and told i don't know about you but i had to seal as soon as i became a christian but without any knowledge i i love i love <laughs> that in the in the i love this in, in john's gospel the first evangelist we see the first witness to christ that we see yeah. is um is a samaritan, samaritan woman. woman so someone who was from the wrong part of town <laughs> and someone who in that day and age was was you know not the right credentials to do it and i absolutely love that and it shows yeah. the heart of jesus just one thing before we um kind of draw our time to a close so the bit where people can always get caught out here is someone says wow yeah that's incredible i'd love to have jesus in my life what do i do and this can be the point where people go oh, i've not got a little booklet in my pocket or i've not got <laughs> what what would you do what would be your kind of top tip for helping somebody be introduced to jesus um i'm all about illustrations <laughs> mm-hmm. so um i use this plane one where if you're jumping out of the plane um you're not going to flap your arms um and hope that you fly because um that's trusting in yourself and there's no chance that you can fly like it's physically not possible you have a parachute and you put your whole trust and faith in that parachute to help you get to the ground safely from the plane and what I like to do is that's the same kind of faith and trust that we have in Jesus that we're not trusting in ourselves to save us because that's physically absolutely not possible to do because we've already committed the crime when you go to the courtroom the judge is always going to judge you on the bad things you've done never on the good things that doesn't outweigh anything that we always tend to have of oh, our good outweighs a bad never exists in the court of law and it doesn't with God he's the ultimate judge and this idea of that faith and trust in Jesus is 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 to trust that that's the only thing that can save you mm-hmm. and you present this as, as a truth and then what I like to do is because I don't like to say make a decision now you you know I would like to challenge them please pray in your heart that, that this would be true of you to, to trust and 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 um, have faith in Jesus because this is something not not for tomorrow or for the next day but for today today is the day of salvation mm. and and I, i'd ask them to if i could pray with them great because i think it's important to do that to, to as you said the words are important but also our actions yeah. so we do that by praying with them and not forcing them to say make a decision but it has to be true of themselves we can't force it out of them mm. and I, I always find it really helpful to have you know a rough understanding of what what that prayer might look like it as well in my yes, mind so yeah, i would yeah. i would often help people in a particular prayer which might be say these words after me and, and i want you to say them if you really mean them, i want you to say them out loud yeah it would depend on the situation that we of find course. ourselves in as yeah. to how that might look but would encourage someone to do that but very much that's the start of of a journey uh, and then to meet up again fairly soon to talk about where we go from from there 
It's been really helpful to talk about that. I love that journey we see um, through Jesus and the and the woman at the well. You know, beginning with a natural connection. There's something about uh, her story and Jesus' story that connects. You know, they just talk about water, something ordinary that connects the two. And they're both thirsty. They're sat by a well. They want something to drink. Jesus is able then to take it up a gear and to find a, a connection with something that is spiritual uh, and begin to start a very simple conversation about living water, that one slight thing that's that's different, that shifts it up a gear. He's able to, to talk about kind of, uh, I suppose, the bad news before introducing the good news. Uh, and then from there, we're able to introduce people to the person of Jesus. Aaron, thanks so much. This is really helpful. Let's take time to pray, shall we? Aaron, do you want to pray for us today? I can do, yeah. Thank you, Lord, that um, we have your word to tell us truth. Uh, thank you that we can um, read it for ourselves and understand it because of the spirit uh, within, within us. I pray, Lord, that uh, you would help us and shape our lives, that we are able to live for you and talk for you and be these witnesses uh, of truth in this dark world. Um, I, I thank you for this story of the woman at the well and, and seeing how she was the first evangelist as a Samaritan woman to go and tell others about you. And I pray that we do the same thing, that we'd have this same zeal to go and tell others uh, about you, whether that's in our friends, in our family, in our workplace, or just people we meet on the street corner. I just pray that you'd be with us and guide us um, in our words, in, in our actions and in our thoughts. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Oh,